you're listening to Ask Dr. E, where Dr. Michael Easley answers your biblical or theological questions in 10 minutes or less. Today's question is about the Great Commission. It reads, I've often heard churches and pastors tell believers that the Great Commission is binding on all believers. Interesting word choice. Mm -hmm. It is often the explicit or functional mission statement of churches. That all seems good, but I've wondered, if this is the case, why is it so difficult to find any of the epistles clearly repeating this command or commanding Christians to directly evangelize and baptize disciples? We see passages like 1 Peter 3.15 calling for a life of faithfulness that provokes outsiders and to be prepared to defend our hope. But in my reading, I find it difficult to find one verse from Paul or Peter compelling people to actively evangelize in order to make disciples disciples. Most of what I read focuses the believers on loving one another and living and suffering well in the world. Maybe I'm missing something, but I've wondered if the Great Commission is incumbent upon all believers in every local church, why didn't Paul and the other writers clearly command us? You know, this is a actually a very insightful observation. Yeah. We don't have a name on this person, do we? But this person who submitted this, I commend you for, you know, thinking broadly. So should we read the Great Commission real quick? Yeah, let's read it. Okay. So one of the things, you know, we often say the last concern of Jesus should be the first concern of the Christian. Mm -hmm. Now, that's cliche-ish, and I like it, but, you know. (laughs) But, I mean, it's you think about this. At the end of the Gospel of Matthew, he's got 11 disciples, which I love that, you know, Matthew gave us that detail because Judas is dead now. Right, right. They saw him, they worshiped him, but some were doubtful. Hmm. Boy, I love that phrase, you know. And Jesus says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So to answer this person's question, let's just stop here for a second. I got the authority of God the Father telling you. Yeah. So this is important in yeah. heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples. And as we say over and over again, the participle of verbal force here is make disciples. Too many churches put the emphasis on go. Hmm. And it should be, as you go, make disciples of all nations. The word is ethnos. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And we see this also in Luke chapter 24, 44. Precisely, no, you don't see that exact thing said, but implicitly, I'm just going to look at Pauline literature. Implicitly, it's clear throughout in the so-called pastorals, which are Paul writing pastors, Mm -hmm. Timothy, Mm -hmm. Titus, Mm -hmm. first and second death sometimes are considered pastorals. So we have these precise, you know, this is how you do church, gentlemen, in chapter 2, of second timothy you therefore my son be strong in the grace of the lord jesus christ the things which you heard from me in the presence of many witnesses these entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also discipleship is hardwired into everything paul does mm-hmm. and let me just say as a caveat i think we do a disservice separating evangelism and discipleship we typically look at that as two features. Mm-hmm. We go and share the gospel and a person trusts Christ. Jesus didn't say, go evangelize. He said, make disciples. Mm-hmm. I don't want to make a big deal out of it because some people have the gift of evangelism. Mm-hmm. We, we have a number of friends who do, and I so love and appreciate what they do. But the making disciples is what's you know 
the whole package. You're not just, you know, walking out prayer, prayer, and you're in, it will count you now as a member and you're a Christian. It's, are the disciples? Yeah. And this passage tells me very clearly an ongoing Paul to Timothy and trust the faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And the whole rest of that chapter is about how hard it is to be a workman not ashamed and how to do this commission. Yeah. Galatians, which is an extraordinary book, is deeply about the centrality of the true gospel. And to tamper with the gospel, I mean, it's terrifying to read through Galatians. This is chapter 1, verse 6. I'm amazed you're so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, Mm -hmm. which is really not another. Uh, The summer disturbing you want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what you preach, he is to be accursed. Mm-hmm. Have we said before, I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, he is to be accursed. And the whole book is really about the centrality and the criticality of what the gospel is and isn't. So are they precisely saying the words Jesus said, make disciples mm-hmm. of all ethnos, mm-hmm. baptizing? No. Implicitly, that's the whole corpus of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. They're planting churches, they're evangelizing, if you want to differentiate, they're discipling, they're building up leaders in local assembly, they're correcting Christians mm-hmm. in First and Second Corinthians, as we've talked about on other Ask Dr. E's, but I would just argue the New Testament, save Revelation, is a corpus of literature that is underscoring what it means to make disciples. Hmm. So I had never really thought about it in this way. It is interesting to me that the word disciple is prevalent throughout the Gospels, yeah. I think it disappears after the Gospels. Now, of course, the concept, what you're saying is there, but I just was thinking about, you know, what are the other terms then that Paul and others are using? Of course, bondservant, partakers, partners in the Gospel. That sounds very discipleship-y to me. Of course, saints Discipleship-y, is that a word? uh Discipleship-y, saints, (laughs) brothers, sisters, you know, family stuff. Anyway, just, just interesting to think about even the words that are highlighted in some books and yeah well who is it this is your father getting old to do the work of the evangelist is that where paul tells timothy Mm -hmm. um you know so there is labor behind this but think of the body of scripture it's so helpful the pastorals were how to do church the epistles in large are correcting churches Mm -hmm. and or encouraging churches Mm -hmm. so Philippians is generally joyful, encouraging book about what they're doing. Yep. Ephesians is chock loaded with correction about the gospel. Galatians, as I read, is chock full of that. So I, I think I don't want to put too fine a point on it, but I don't think it's necessarily fair to say the quote Great Commission is never spoken of again. And by the way, that's a title we put on it. Right. The Great Commission. Yes. It's to make disciples of all nations. And then lastly, Acts. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, is a geographical and theological outline of the book of Acts and ostensibly all of Paul's writing. Acts 1, 8, this is Jesus speaking, red letter it should be in your Bible. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be my witnesses, Mm -hmm. both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the remotest part of the earth. So the three concentric rings like on a bullseye, narrow in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then global. That is exactly what the outline is. First, we're talking about Peter Mm -hmm. and all of his great 
preaching and people coming to Christ. Then we're introduced to Barnabas and Saul, and then it becomes Paul, and then it becomes Paul and Barnabas, and then we don't hear about Barnabas anymore. And so we're going to the Gentiles and the so-called missionary journeys. Mm -hmm. Why is he doing that? Mm -hmm. He's taking the gospel and making disciples of all these, and the ultimate expression of disciples is a church plant. Mm -hmm. And so when you go to Athens and Greece, for example, you see all these churches that were planted by Paul. That's what he was doing. All right. If you got a question for Dr. E, call us, text us, email us. The info is in your show notes. Ask Dr. E is part of the Michael Easley in Context ministry. You can find more shows and resources at michaelincontext.com. Ask Dr. E is produced by me, Hannah Seymour, mixed and mastered by Sonomorphic, and music composed by Jason Germain.